Off the Ball Daily. A home for your favourite podcasts from Off the Ball. You had to be there, the performance rankings, a slight tangent, and the crappy quiz. Have you ever done therapy, Adrian? Specifically related to the crappy quiz, though. Subscribe to the Off the Ball Daily podcast feed right now. The News Round on Off the Ball. With Gillette Labs. Get the ultimate shave for your money back. Neon Night Edition, available now. And you're very welcome along to Thursday night's Off The Ball. It's Richie McCormack here with you right through until 10pm this evening. Busy show between now and then on the way. Irish rugby has been accused of having an atmosphere of sexism. We speak to Telegraph journalist Fiona Thomas on what's next for the Irish women's team. She penned that piece today, which has got quite the reaction online since. Allied to that, we'll hear from Grace Davitt and Fiona Hayes on the Women's Six Nations show. They sat down with Ashton O'Reilly earlier on today. Plus on the football show, we'll talk Napoli's Wobble on the run-in in both Syria and indeed last night in the Champions League as they took on AC Milan plus it being Thursday it's only right that we check in and have a look back on the week's football with the one and only John Giles you can get in contact with us tonight 53106 is the text number for 30 cents you can tweet us at Off The Ball uh, be delighted to hear from you particularly on those big issues of the day uh, which we will get to I guess imminently I'm joined in studio by Will O'Callaghan and also Colin Milani for the news round this evening the news round is in association with Gillette Labs get the ultimate shave or your money back Neon Night Edition available now and sadly uh, Carl we start with some really really sad news today Yeah we do Richie because the Irish rally driver Craig Breen has died following an accident during a pre-test event in Croatia Hyundai Motorsport confirmed the news in a statement this afternoon Breen's co-driver James Fulton was unharmed in the incident that occurred shortly after midday local time Breen who was 33 years of age collected a second place finish in Sweden in February in his first World Rally Championship start of the season Season. Tributes have been flooding in for the Waterford native, with Motorsport Ireland describing Breen as a model competitor. Yeah, what can you say about that? Really uh, heartbreaking news to reach us this afternoon. Really, really shocking as well. And um, one of the most heartbreaking aspects of it, I guess, Will, is that you always figured that the the best days of his career were still to come because there was such promise within him. Yeah, I mean, obviously, he got back into the World Rally Championship in recent seasons. It was kind of opened up his relationship between uh, Craig and OTB in recent times yeah. as well, where we were getting video diaries that we've been playing out in OTB AM and then he got the drive with Hyundai and as Carl mentioned the season had started quite well and what really struck me today was the immediacy of the news coming out from Hyundai after the accident had happened it was only a few hours after it happened that they had confirmed in that statement and I was like really really shocked when I saw it you told me in the news because I'm, I'm, I'm off Twitter so like so yeah. suddenly these news items have a massive impact again whereby you don't just see it rolling in mm. uh, you you hit me square in the in the face of that one earlier on today I was like sorry what? Yeah like it was a buddy mine who's in the kind of Irish rally scene who had sent me a link earlier on and then had sent the statement into our WhatsApp group with a few friends of ours and I just kind of couldn't believe the news at first went to just double check everything afterwards and um, then just kind of the remarkable nature of the news now horrible like for his co-driver to be in the accident as well now probably to have to come to terms with the fact that you know your buddy a guy who you've soldiered with in what is an incredibly dangerous sport and this maybe highlights how dangerous uh, motorsport can be um, to have to come to terms with that horrible news and for his family as well where he's very very young at the age of 33 as well it's uh, horrific news and one of the most I think well liked guys around when you look at the tributes that have been uh, paid not just by people in the south east and around Waterford but across the country and the motorsport community today as well Yeah where our thoughts are certainly with everybody uh, involved and affected by that dreadful news today uh, involving Craig Breen we're going to be talking about this next item call in depth on the show uh, but with the author of the piece that has led to the discussion around it today and also during the Women's Six Nations show with both Fiona Hayes and Craig Davitt who uh, sat down with Ash earlier on today uh, it's had quite 
the uh, the ripple effects this particular article? Yeah, so the Daily Telegraph claims to have uncovered an alarming amount of sexism in a special report on the Irish women's rugby team. The report claims players were refused protein supplements in the build-up to the team's historic tour to Japan last year. It also alleges players weren't consulted about the decision to change the colour of the team's shorts. The IRFU has disputed the claims in the Telegraph investigation and the Ireland head coach Greg McWilliams was asked about the article during a press conference earlier today. Lots of it's historic, you know, it's the same things that you could have talked about last year. Um, you know, when I met David Nusifora in uh, 2021, I started on the 1st of December and um, he outlined the plan and everything that we talked about um, were on track. And that's all we can focus on. You know, I was the, I was the only full time staff member on the 1st of December. Uh, we now have seven full time staff members. We have eight contractors that come into us for our competition week. We have eight new employments uh, along our pathway and our centres of excellence. So, like, there's been a massive growth in that time. And to be honest with you, talking about things historically is we can't control and we can't control the external noise. We can control what we can do. Greg McWilliams, the Ireland head coach, speaking ahead of Saturday's uh, Women's Six Nations game with Italy in Parma. I guess the timing of this article is one thing two days out from an international which Ireland need to win both for themselves and, and for the competition as a whole I guess uh, and also um, as as Greg alluded to there there is a lot of issues that the IRFU have countered saying that they've already dealt with them so there will be a full time nutritionist uh, who's been brought on board since February uh, I believe they'd have obviously um, dealt with the contractual issues and they would have had to deal down towards the end of last year but that doesn't and those decisions and those appointments don't change a culture and a culture is a far harder thing to turn around what struck me as well Richie about this and I, I take Greg McWilliams point where he came in at the tail end of the unsuccessful qualification bid for the World Cup last year and so therefore he's been in place while a lot of these changes have been accelerated uh, over the last 12 months in particular and even I would say probably the last 7 or 8 months as Greg mentioned about being only the one full time employee at that point but doesn't it also say something that not that long before these changes have taken place. So Ireland were going into a World Cup qualification bid where the World Cup was a central tenant of the RFU's plan between 2018 and 2023 was to qualify for the Women's World Cup and they didn't have full-time staff members in key areas of their coaching team. Yeah, that's that's the worry. There's several worrying aspects from it. Um, I, th- I think the kind of headline grabbers are like a, a senior member or senior figure, I guess, in Irish rugby saying who gives an F about our women's rugby. Um, and I'm sure are probably our Twitter mentions are probably alive with that kind of similar nonsense as well as even. Uh, but also, I guess it's the lack of consultation, be it on the contracts, mm. be it on the... It seems like a small thing, but for them to just go bullheaded hand in hand with their kit supplier and say, we're changing the colour of the shorts yeah. for a quick PR win, your players need to be involved in those decisions. And that doesn't speak well to the environment that still exists, regardless of the positive changes that well, have been made. Well, also, when it comes to the shorts, certainly the feeling was that that was the mood coming from the campus that they wanted to make the change. Yeah. As opposed to it being a PR decision or the Canterbury felt that they wanted to go to navy shorts as opposed to wearing white. And maybe looking at where it had been positively received with some other major teams that have done so recently. I'm thinking of like the England women's soccer team mm. um, who were much further down the road about the acceleration of the process than the Irish rugby team are right now. Yeah. I would think as well you know, when it came to the comment which was allegedly overheard I wonder if there's not a certain amount of that feeling among Irish rugby 
where the men's game is going to have to subsidise this. We've spoken with this a million times. Like that, the women's team are not going to be revenue generators to be able to actually fund the programme that's required to try and close the gap, particularly to yeah. France and England and now Wales as our nearest competitors here, but also to some of the big international teams. So therefore, there will be a feeling that, you know, money is going to have to be diverted towards that. And I wonder if that's maybe not a feeling somewhere among the Irish rugby community that that's actually the case. Uh, the rugby is going to have a massive financial issue regardless. Like we were talking about this earlier on. Um, Cardiff over in Wales, and Wales has their own unique set of circumstances whereby they brought in their um, altered contracts. So basically they have a salary cap, but there are certain clubs who have certain players who still have to have contracts that are already existing honoured because that's what a contract is. Um, or you try and encourage the players to leave before they're Exactly. But they're in a situation, I think Cardiff were saying that they need a playing pool around 38 uh, to get through a season. And they're just not going to be able to afford that. And you're going to see that trickle down whether it's, and that's a top level club mm-hmm. or a top level region essentially in Wales. That's going to happen in England and if and when the money runs out as regards television in France it's going to happen there it's going to happen all over the world so rugby needs to find sustainable ways uh, to kind of to basically fund itself going forward because the amount being asked of players is only ever increasing whereas the amount of money needed for that it doesn't isn't going up concurrently and but, won't. But also naturally if you're a player at a club right now and obviously with the male game here where contracts are going to be you know a bit more expensive mm. you are going to go and try and get the best deal that you possibly can and you can't begrudge any player for trying to get you know as much of a return as they can within a short career and at the same time as you say costs are going up but also you look at the South African teams in Europe yeah and some of the crazy stuff that was going on where they were coming home for like a day and a half and then having to travel back via the Middle East to come back to Europe to play games in the Champions Cup and in the Challenge Cup. That's not sustainable longer term. And with gate receipts that. not being exactly brilliant either. Like mm-hmm. we saw with South African teams in certain competitions that they're playing in. Like clearly fans have priorities and what they want to spend their money on and that's absolutely fine. Mm-hmm. Seeing competitions that are supposedly high ranking played out in front of very few fans can only last for so long you're a URC fan right now Richie and you see the squads that Munster and Leinster have sent which are largely developmental over the next couple of weeks Leinster in particular who like, should be a big draw if you're a South African rugby fan to see a team who are already into the semi-finals in Europe and packed with most of the Grand Slam winning team of yeah, Ireland, and yeah. they've got you know first seeding and whatever else but the fact of the matter is that they're giving under 20s a chance to play and I think Jason Jenkins was the only player who was in the match day squad against Leicester who has travelled to go to South Africa fans aren't stupid they know they're being sold a pub with what they're watching over the next couple and they of also need, but the rugby also needs to do that because it can't keep like flogging essentially mm. the same 20 lads because they're going to retire at the age of 27, 28 and yeah. you won't have them anymore it's a very very tricky situation that rugby finds itself in financially I think the IRFU have solid foundations and mm-hmm. the way they're set up is, is, is a little bit more insulated perhaps than being subject to the whims of, of television broadcasters etc but Again, uh, altering a culture and altering that notion of sexism around the place is going to take a lot more than just, you know, random appointments here and there and and giving them prominence in in bulletins, etc. But um, yeah, Kira and Dublin's been one of the textures onto us so far saying, not sure what to make of Greg McWilliams' reaction to this. Feel for him to be put in that position on the one hand, but he was a bit unnecessarily bullish too, I think. In fairness, he's trying to concentrate on the game and has had this report landed in his lap uh, 48 hours beforehand. And it's taking up all of the bandwidth when we should be, you know, focusing on events on the pitch in Parma. And to that end, Carl, 
we do have a team for Saturday yeah and there are three changes to the Ireland team for that game against Italy on Saturday Ed Lauren Delaney starts at full back while Anna McGann makes her first senior start in the centre and then scrum half Elisa Hughes is also in for that match in Parma on Saturday McWilliams keeps faith with the pack that started in that defeat to France in round two uh, we haven't even gotten to the most important issue of the day here uh, on off the ball which is Will O'Callaghan has bolted early not out the door <laughs> but he has decided on this April 13th 2023 that's probably good news that there's panels in front of us Richie did you so get the uh, did you get the I'm wearing. the yams out for President Biden or um, was, it, was it just wearing the shorts for just because of the weather Willow Callahan, ladies and gentlemen April 13th with the temperature whatever it is probably about 11 12 degrees outside about 12 degrees when I left rocking shorts and the wind and every, I, the I actually winds. closed the window in the office there earlier it was that cold there was, there was great drying out Will and you've come out and decided to put the shins and the calves on show I know especially when I've got a jumper on the top half as well doesn't See, make sense the weather was really nice at home this morning and I was tricked into a false sense of security when there was no wind at home and the weather was quite nice now it was only about 12 13 degrees I'd yeah. say but I went you know what I'm going to wear my shorts do my bits and bobs in the morning before I go to Dublin and then the minute that I got on the train to go to Dublin the rain started to come down the wind started to pick up and I was like ah I have made a bad choice I would be the first one mocking other members of the office Richie so I take your side I'm just just like it, it surely takes a couple of sustained days where you've like oh do you know what the jeans or whatever have been too sweltering I'm going to go with the shorts wasn't there a weather warning yesterday or something <laughs> there's weather warnings all the time that one was cancelled I think on Twitter <laughs> uh, Kean, who's uh, who, who operates a lot of our digital stuff saying I've beaten Will by at least two months that come on now people are losing the run of themselves here yeah I mean some of the OTB team wear shorts continually um, I, get to, a, I get to a point whereby um, um, you know I hit the shorts and I stay there for exactly you commit summer. to it don't yeah, you exactly yeah. but like it's it's usually in decent weather and it usually takes a few days of oh, do you know what the same way you struggle without a coat for a few days mm. when it gets to like October and you're like it's time to pull out the big ones here now and you pull out the big winter coat similarly you wait for a few days before pulling out the shorts you've just gone rogue I have I should have mopped all the shorts for another month probably Um, I think yeah it should be really 20 before you get into shorts it doesn't even need to be here you can see mid-teens high teens but like low wind and high humidity I took a risk Richie and it's gone wrong well sometimes we have to learn by our mistakes we do we learn and grow don't we we do four or five degrees tonight when you're leaving by the way (laughs) (laughs) just putting that out there Uh, we have had news of a significant contract extension as well here today Carl yeah that's right James Lowe signed a new deal with Leinster though the length of the extension hasn't been specified Lowe joined Leinster in 2017 has since gone on to win four league titles as well as the Heineken Champions Cup in 2018 20 Ireland caps as well for James Lowe at international level played a key part in this year's Grand Slam success and Roman Kelleher has also signed a new deal with the province with that deal announced uh, earlier on this evening and James Ryan and Josh van der Fleer have also agreed new contracts in recent weeks. Not a segue from them. Why are you uh, laughing? Oh, boy, we've had texts in, Will, uh, rather unsurprisingly, at the bombshell news that you were wearing shorts on this April 13th, Glad 2023. People cared enough to text 5316 With the shorts. temperature d- dipping to 5 and 6 degrees this evening. Uh, one anonymous texter, uh, they haven't had the, the, the brave the bravest, put their name beside, put their name beside yeah. this opinion. Shorts exclamation mark <laughs> that's scandalous there should be a no shorts rule I wouldn't go full fash on the uh, saying there shouldn't be any shorts because of you know been prone to wearing shorts myself but again you wait for the weather not middle of April and it's still cold why, why no shorts rule I don't know just because it's too early or is this no shorts in general ever they haven't added to the uh, the, the, the point that there should be no I think they're being rather you know sta- staunch in this and saying no shorts ever which I think is harsh 
I'm not going with this. Especially we're on the radio. If, if no one had drawn attention to this, no one would know. Well, you're or on YouTube, true. nobody no would one know. Could right see. Now. Do you want to stand up and give us a twirl? Absolutely not. <laughs> uh, Paul has also texted, uh, to your point, Will, saying, weather was nice at home. Where's he flown in from? What's your carbon footprint like, William? Well, no, yeah, exactly. No, I, I came You're like from these Premier League teams. Well, it was far more sustainable today than normal. Yeah. <laughs> you didn't come in from like Lanzarote. <laughs> no, no, no. Menorca. But Offaly was quite nice earlier on. I took the train because I thought the streets were going to be closed for Biden. And I was pleasantly surprised it was actually easy enough to get around the city when I arrived. And people wonder what legacy John Mohan has left on the county. Never yeah, exactly. Mo- in fairness, now, Mohan will be wearing short shorts. Um, I'm wearing shorts that go in down. February. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Christmas Day. Um, no, these shorts go down beyond my knee. These man would be given out about the lentils. <laughs> You're not committing to the role no. uh, pretty much. Keith and Galway <laughs> says uh, men's success in rugby is the only thing making the IRFU look way worse in their treatment uh, of the women's game. Uh, I don't know. I don't think the uh, they can be held accountable for the success of the men's team. No, uh, but Fiona's article did make a nice contrast between that, which yeah. is the men's team are top of the world and the women's team are potentially going to get the wooden spoon in the Six Nations. There's, there's also an element of this whereby such is the, you know, standing start from which they're going in terms of their reforms that the women's team unfortunately on the playing front are just going to have to take their lumps for a year or two and that's that's an ugly thing to, to have to admit yeah. there's, there's possibly a bit of truth to it I'm probably seeing it borne out the average caps was what I think 6 for this weekend it was less than 10 for the France and Wales games too and like Anna McGann again has gone between the 15s programme the 7s programme now back into playing 15s yeah. for this week is in a different position in playing in midfield as well so growth pains you're going to experience when a new generation is coming through as well yeah sadly keep the text coming on Will Shorts 53106 was he right or wrong we should get a Twitter poll going on this one Twitter poll Arthur by the end of the news rounds Shorts yes or no he says no yeah I think he's right that's not the proper move use on. of social media <laughs> the uh, producer says move on I think this next one's a positive step in, as regards the, the, the Premier League it might be a little bit harder to actually police though Cahill yeah Premier League clubs have agreed to withdraw gambling sponsorship from the front of their match day shirts from the 2025-26 season eight top flight teams currently have betting companies on their strips in deals worth an estimated £60 million a year. Gambling brands will still be able to feature on shirt sleeves or advertising hoardings around stadiums. It's it's a step in the right direction, yeah, you'd have to say. If only from an aesthetic point of view, because I often find that gambling sponsors are the ugliest sponsors mm. on jerseys. The numbers have been dropping as well. Um, I some, think they probably saw this coming to Yeah, a I think yeah. so. And I think you don't voluntarily, because it was the league clubs that have voted to bring this in from 2026, you don't voluntarily do it without thinking that there's money to be made elsewhere. If they felt that they had to keep this, you can be sure the vote would have been very different. But it was half the clubs in 2016, yeah. which is down to now, as you mentioned, six call at the moment. Eight. Eight. eight at the moment so that's obviously a drop by a couple of clubs already I think relegation had something to do with that because I think Watford were one of the teams Stoke. that had Stoke yeah, people uh, like that, yeah two clubs are out of contract with their gambling sponsor at the end of this season but as Carl mentions it doesn't mean that you couldn't move from the front of the shirt to the sleeve yeah. Yeah. or have it around the hoardings or still yeah. keep these companies involved or I'm sure at some point the Premier League will probably facilitate extra sponsors I think on the back of the jersey is inevitable it will happen at some point uh, this yeah, is very carefully yeah. worded that it is the shirt front front and only the shirt front yeah you're probably going to see stuff along the back the the absolute nadir for this used to be um, Scandinavia I think Norway in particular yeah. would have like three or four different sponsors on the shorts yeah. alone yeah. France and Brazil love it Brand, well. yeah and they'd have them all over like the sli- like sides of sleeves mm. tops of sleeves show- backs of shoulders um, I think France as you mentioned as well I remember God I think was it like 
Casino Salzburg, I remember watching playing in Europe before, before they had like really stringent views on, on sponsorship team, and they, their, their gear was butchered because I think, I think it was Casino Salzburg, it was one of the Salzburg teams, had a sponsor across the backside on the shorts. It's all prime it's real difficult to sell that, isn't it? It's prime real estate no matter where you put it because of the TV I, figures. Yeah. But surely you lose a bit by having too many. That yes. surely detracts from the value for someone That's having a main sponsor. Yeah, you t- it's not as eye-catching. Mm. Yeah. But similarly, like, how do you, how do you, how does the commercial manager with the club deal with that call? It's like, all right, yeah, no, we have a sponsorship opening for you know X team, you know, Bloomby United. And it's like, okay, Grant, where we're in front of Jersey, uh, that's taken. We've got a five-year contract on that one's worth ten million. Our sleeve, uh, no. Suddenly, you will have that conversation. How would you like? It's a unique opportunity we're offering you this one. Now we're broaching new ground with this. The boom. Yeah. How Paul m- says yes. <laughs> How much can clubs actually make from from their kit? I wonder. Low terms it's, of it's, millions it's, it's, per it's season, infinite. Yeah. Like, when clubs like Man United have an official tractor sponsor, you know it can be done. Yeah, the official. We need an official tractor sponsor for off the ball. I think off the ball was on the Sligo Rovers kit. Was uh, yeah, it yeah, was yeah, not yeah, so long yeah. ago. Yeah. No pressure, Agent Barry. It took him long enough to get the crappy quiz sold. Can we get a tractor? It's sold. I want a free tractor. Mm. Right. Sure, it can be done. Uh, 53106. Good man, Will. Same as him today. Would wear shorts all year round if I could, says Brian. Thanks, Brian. There you go. The, the Twitter poll will be opened, I'm sure, before the evening is through. It was Will Wright to go with the shorts today. It's a resounding no, but Brian and I are sitting here comfortable in our shorts. <laughs> Not going to be so comfortable when I leave the office no, at about half time. <laughs> or even yeah. when you have to go up to the fifth floor to get a coffee in the yeah. next half hour. <laughs> um, this is bound to have repercussions. But we had this story, I think, yesterday, even on the news round in the wake of Bayern Munich's defeat to Manchester City. In the year of our Lord 2023, this kind of thing still happens. It is almost charming in a way if it wasn't so ugly. Yeah, Bayern have suspended Sadio Mane for punching teammate Leroy Sané following Tuesday's Champions League defeat to Manchester City. The former Liverpool forward won't play in this weekend's game against Hoffenheim and he'll also be fined. He's understood to have hit Sané in the face after the German title holders lost 3-0 in the away leg of their quarter-final. I wouldn't know if there's a... Because they do have dressing room footage now. There's, you know, from oh, place yeah. to place. So I wonder if that exists somewhere. It's quite good photography of them on the pitch, close to blows at that point. Yeah, I think it was fine. So obviously you had to follow on. Seven minutes from time, apparently Mane wasn't happy with how he was spoken to by Sané on the pitch. Mm. And they took that into the dressing room with Mane going so far as to lamp Sané in the mouth. It's <laughs> just <laughs> bizarre. It shows the nuts nature of, of Bayern Munich. And it's always, Liverpool it's always have to be licking their lips, Richie, at the potential here. Of getting them back for half nothing? Yeah. Do you want them back now? I don't know they have too many forwards and midfielders anyway can but, you, can you but play, this is the problem can you play right back Will if this was dangled in front of him in front of Liverpool and F, FSG were going hmm, we sold him for that much last year he's available for 30 million now yeah. what should we do he, well, I, well hopefully he can turn into a 23 year old in Golo Kante then he might be some use to them mm. um, we do have football of course going on live tonight we will be keeping tabs on events at Old Trafford yeah, and Manchester United's manager Eric Ten Hag says everyone will need to deliver their best performance if they're to win at home to Sevilla in tonight's first leg of the Europa League quarter-final. Their opponents are six-time winners of the competition and Ten Hag says the Spanish side's reputation in the tournament speaks for itself. They won the Europe League the most of all clubs in Europe. So that is a magnificent record. So we have to be aware of it because that's their target. And we, we are sure they are 100% motivated to go again. 
There you go. That's Eric Ten Hag. Uh, we also have action in the uh, Conference League, which is uh, underway. What, 5.45, wasn't it? Yeah, so uh, 78 minutes played. Now, West Ham won Ghent one in their quarterfinal tie. Uh, West Ham took the lead there through Danny Ings just before half time, but uh, the home team pulling one back. So it's a goal to nil there after 78 minutes. And uh, in the Europa League, one match underway there as well. Fine orderly Roma by a goal to nil. Uh, we've had plenty of text in as regards the, the kits. Chris says, serious question. If clubs aren't going to do something that loses the money what are the alternative sponsors going to be uh, we're hardly going back to McEwen's and Newcastle Brown uh, says Chris yeah good point Like, I think there's there's a broad scope I don't think we're necessarily just back in beer and food sponsors like we were back in the day or white goods as uh, Owen points out as regards Liverpool so do you know what it's going to be Owen's not said it crypto I don't think yeah there's, there's already been issues with crypto and Inter earlier on this season whereby the first payment for their jersey was late and it's not a good sign and arrived in crypto yeah uh, they're, they're, it's not a good sign uh, Steve has also been on saying Paddy's Day shorts on November 1st back to long pants November that's wow. regimented November 1st it's, it's a window that doesn't factor in the actual weather on the given day yeah. well, I respect the zealotness for uh, wearing the shorts but. Uh, anonymous texter asks did a boxer sell advertisements on the soles of their boots yes they did yes they did so I mean you necessarily have to get knocked out for value for the company 100% because the theory is you are going to get in the year 2000 and your name is Julius Francis and you're fighting Mike Tyson yeah. you're going to get knocked spark out may as well so make when some you do might as well make some bank for your brain injury yeah. Wow. There you go. Julius Francis did that in the year 2000. Sold uh, the mirror on the soles of his. Uh, Which, you know, doesn't seem that ridiculous when you saw yesterday that Nate Diaz is going to fight Jake Paul. <sighs> it's a sports show, Will. I know, but it's just. And we're not, you see, you, we're not, we didn't even talk about uh, Jeff Hardy returning to AEW and then you bring mm. that nonsense in here. What are you doing to me? What are you doing to me at all, Will? Will, go on and put on some uh, long trousers, will you? Carl, thank you so much. <laughs> sure. uh, thank you.